Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, hour number two here inside the locker room. And we are joined as we always are every Tuesday. We... This man does not let a bye week get in the way of a good segment. <laughs> Steelers Digest editor in chief, the commandante of all things Steelers historical, uh, purveyor of fine Italian eats, um, also one of the actual precursors for the Fat Guy Delight. Um, you know, one of the original. But uh, what came out with it out and made us eat it, didn't he? We didn't want to eat it, yes, did he we? Yes. Yeah, he was Made not you. only the precursor. Yeah, he, he was not only the precursor, but he was all. He's also the instigator. Uh, <laughs> yes, there you go, the instigator. <laughs> the, the one, the only, Bob Labriola. How are you doing today, Labs? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I one of the reasons I look forward to this segment is to hear what my title is expanding to, Max. Every time you introduce me. <laughs> The legend has to grow. Exactly. The the legend has to grow somewhere, Lab. So why not on our show? You know? Why not on our show? It can either grow organically or we can just make it up as we go along. (laughs) However however works for you, Max. I'm here for you. Let's not let the truth get in the way of a good story, Lab. There you go. (laughs) No, not certainly not in this segment. All right, Labs, uh, we, we, uh, another Steelers Ravens rivalry in the books and another Steelers Ravens wild finish in the books as well. I mean, when you look back on just this rivalry and just the games, I mean, we referenced this 26 of the last 31, one score or less, no matter how good or bad either team is. You just you you throw caution to the wind and you throw records and statistics and all conventional knowledge out the window uh, when it comes to this, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, and I mean, and they're just so, a lot of the characters involved in it. Um, and it, the James Thrash, I think it was, stomping on Plexico Burris's head. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of those kinds of things. Uh, you know, Ed Reed and Heinz Ward. Uh, James Harrison single-handedly destroying the Ravens on that Monday night in 2007. You know, Ben doing his thing so many times. Ben taking the shot across the the nose from Haloti Nada that was uncalled. Broke his nose. He was bleeding everywhere. There wasn't a penalty throw. (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) The uh, And truly, one of the great underrated plays of Ben Roethlisberger's career was when he fought off Terrell Suggs and made yeah. a, a through an incomplete pass 
to uh, save yardage. And then the next play, I think it was Isaac Redmond scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of those Steelers-Ravens games I remember were, you know, you can look at them in a lot of different ways, but uh, a lot of them were for uh the home field advantage in the third meeting because you knew the teams were going to play again in the playoffs. And a lot of times, you know, the second game of the series came, you know, coming later in the season as they so often did would either, you know, clinch the division for one of the teams. And then once, you know, regardless of record um, you know, a division winner always gets home field advantage over a team that makes it as a wild card. And so, you know, the, the, the home playoff games in 2008 uh, for the AFC Championship, I think both teams were, uh, had the same record that year, 12-4. and four. Uh, 2010, I believe that was the same situation. Uh, and then that playoff game also ended up in Pittsburgh, and that was famous for uh, Antonio Brown running down the field with the ball stuck to his helmet right. uh, on that fourth quarter play. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of, and then the Antonio Brown Christmas day game, Hmm. the immaculate extension. (laughs) Yes, There was that one. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, Steelers Ravens, you know, didn't really start existing because the Ravens didn't exist until 1996. And so when you look at, uh, rivalries, bears, Packers, I mean, you know, a lot of these rivalries, NFL storied rivalries go back decades. Um, Steelers Ravens is rather new, even though I always refer to it as simply an extension of Steelers Browns, because, uh, and certainly in the early <laughs> days of the Steelers Ravens, those were the Browns, right? I mean, Art Motel moved them. They were the same, you know, it was the same team. Um, but you know, violent Mike Tallman still believes to this day that the 2008 AFC championship game was what started the player safety initiative. After the league got a load of that, they said, we got to do something about this. Hmm. Um, and I remember in that press box, a lot of the national guys, and they were loving it. You know, everybody loves as long as you're not on the field or someone <laughs> in your immediate family. Um, you, you love the big hits. You know, the... Um, as Wolf calls them, slobber knockers, right? Wolf <laughs> right, is right. To... That's it. Okay. Highly technical um, term, you see. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, Steelers-Ravens, you know, another Mike Tomlin line, two trains, one track. Yes. Is there anything that has ever described it better than that? No. No, Lev, let me ask you, wasn't – didn't Troy uh, – did that, his play when he jumped on uh, Flacco, uh, remember he blitzed, caused a fumble, picked it up, was that – when Isaac Redman finished it off on the return, um, do you know? Yeah, what? I, um, yeah, I, uh, Troy created the the uh, turn strip sack. Yeah, yes, that's yeah, it. Yeah, the takeaway. Uh, I forget who recovered the fumble. If it was Woodley or was, Timmons, I don't remember. Woodley, yeah, it could have been Timmons. Either way. Max, I, you were there. Yeah. 
exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was there. And I'm he was to sucking Gatorade like, and sitting on the bench, <laughs> man. I was probably I was probably getting sideline adjustments at that moment. Um, what two Gatorades instead of one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one it was, it was it was a pickle juice in one bottle and then Gatorade in the other one. It was kind of kind of double double the double squeeze there. <laughs> you know the thing that's so remarkable, and I, I guess. Labs, when you break down that this rivalry, though, what interests me is just how close all the games are, and I, it's like I, I know you got to draft to win your own division, and so I, I would think that has to play into how these teams were built and why there's such a great rivalry that does exist that really shows up in how few of points separate these guys at the end of what thirty some games. Yeah, and you know. Um... I think we talked about it last week on this segment that the positioning of the Ravens, you know, uh, arrival in Pittsburgh having to do with, was it a good time for the Steelers to play the Ravens after that game in Houston? And, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, when you play the Ravens that it's going to be one of those situations where yeah. uh, you, you're, you better bring it. I mean, it's like the Hearns Hagler fight, yeah. you know, the bell rings, you meet them in the center of the ring and you just start wailing at each other. Uh, that's Steelers Ravens right yep. there. And so, um, yeah, in that respect, I think it, it was a good thing. And I, I, for the, for the large uh, part of the game, the Steelers really answered the bell when it comes to the physical holding up their end of the physical confrontation. No, absolutely. You know, Steelers Ravens, you know, because I, I love movies labs. And so there's always like the, the equatable moment that I always look for in movies. And, you know, I equate Steelers Ravens as, you know, Tombstone, right? Doc Holliday, Johnny Ringo. That set that, that right at the end of the movie when he's when he's trying to get to Wyatt Earp and, you know, and Val Kilmer kind of kind of pretends to be sick. But and Wyatt gives him his badge you know, his marshal's badge. And then he shows up to the gunfight and he's like, he's like, my beef's not with you. He's, he's like, he's like, yes, it is. We, we, we were supposed to dance this dance a long time ago. <laughs> I'm your uncle. Like, and this time, it, and he's like, this time it's legal. And I feel like that's what it is with the Rays. We talk about it as we go play all these other games, but then it comes that moment where we got to meet toe to toe. It's like, this time it's legal, right? We got white lines. We got the zebras out there. We got fans in the stadium. Ain't nothing to it but to do it at this point. And so it, that's what it always reminds me of, <laughs> you know, when I think of our rivalry. Uh, you know, right. And I, I don't – I cannot imagine um, a game, you know, when, when the TV networks are picking, you know, what, what games they want. Not that they get to do that specifically, but I don't think that uh, a network would ever be dissatisfied with Steelers-Ravens. You know, if you've got a Thursday night package, you're televising that Steelers Ravens. Yeah, okay, we'll take it. Sunday night, Monday night. You know, I don't know that I've ever, you know, had um, an experience where Steelers Ravens got flexed out of their time because it wasn't an attractive met, uh, mm. matchup. Yep. You know, that's just not because it doesn't really matter. You know that they that the teams. You can call it a mutual respect if you want. You know, I prefer the H word. I mean. You know, it's yeah. hatred. It really is. Um, it, like I said, Max, you were there, right? It's hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's the closest thing you get to a college rivalry, mm. you know, in the professional level. It's the closest thing well, you that, get to. Yeah. 
because that's what um, you know Mike Tomlin has mentioned. You know when he goes to the new guys, you know because you ask, well, do they have any idea? Does Broderick Jones have any idea? You know what Steelers Ravens is like, and he'll go to them and and mention, okay, Georgia, I guess would be Alabama. Georgia for Um, him. Yes. For him, it would be. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's the way you, you describe it. I mean, if it's a, an Ohio state guy, you tell him it's Ohio state, Michigan, if it's, you know, whatever. Um, And and as maybe the, uh, in college, it's more emotional, but I I can't, I I will never believe it's more violent. Yeah, no, not well. I take Florida. Florida State was, uh, yeah. I mean, we 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 fought on the field physically during the game, uh, the, and, and at the end of it, oh god, here we go, West. <laughs> West, West never hesitates to get to get that out there. Uh, but no, senior year, I, we got into an all-out brawl uh, at the end of the game. So hooligans, there are games that's that what do, you were, hooligans. That's right. That's right. Hey, but we did we. We did it within the confines of the white lines. Now, granted, there were people that came from off the white lines and came into the white lines. <laughs> now, that's the problem, my, right? Yeah. My strength trainer got knocked unconscious. Uh, <laughs> poor Matt. Uh, yeah, he took a helmet right to right to the cranium. Yeah, uh, what's the first thing in a fight? Make sure your helmet's on and the chin strap is double buckled. <laughs> exactly. Mouthpiece optional still. But, yeah, yeah everything, exactly. else, everything else needs to be attached. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Lebs, let me ask you something. You're going into this bye week now, and when you come out, there's a lot of things, you know, people are talking about that change this and change that. And all. I don't I – don't, there, there's not going to be any of the big changes and so forth like that. But there are some aspects that I think – um, kind of bear watching, you know, the, the Jalen Warren creeping up, earning more carries, which I think is, is perfectly amicable because I still think that um, Najee and Jalen make a great one-two punch. Um, the Broderick Jones stepping up, doing a pretty good job in his first outing, but, you know, you're a long way yet from saying he's an established veteran. Uh, other aspects that we might see, uh, we're seeing a little bit more of Nick Herbig trying to get some snaps in there, but you've got such a great bookend duo with the, with both TJ and Alex right now. It's almost like their strip sack and the other guy pick it up is, you know, it's like a play they rehearsed. What do you kind of see coming out of the other end of the bye week here? Well, I, I'd like to see more Joey Porter Jr. I mean, I think that go. he has, he has earned – more playing time. Certainly that interception in the end zone uh, is one that, uh, you know, is a highlight on any resume, certainly on a young individuals like his. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the trickle down thing for me with the Joey Porter Jr. is necessary and, and it's time. You know, you got to get Patrick Peterson off the outside corner. That's not why he was signed. Mm. Um, he, he doesn't have the young legs for that anymore. Uh, you you got to, I believe, start um, playing to his strengths or taking advantage of his strengths. Uh, you know, find ball, go get ball, look at the quarterback, you know, make those kinds of, um, you know, movements in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's helping, you know, get people aligned as well, along with Minka. Um, and... Uh, you know, again, as I said, I, I just think that that's something that you need to see um, happen, not only for because I think Joey Porter Jr. has uh, earned the right to, to play more uh, at the 
at the cornerback position, uh, but I also think it helps uh, in other areas. And just real quick, and then I'll get back to your question, Wolf Max. When we were talking about um, you know great moments in uh, Steelers Ravens rival his <laughs> rivalry history, uh, Joey Porter Senior was involved in a, oh, in a few right. in, of those <laughs> as well. On and off so, the field, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's let's not forget Joey's uh, place in that history of that rivalry too. Um, oh, but gosh, um, excited. <laughs> well, you know, hey, what you know, maybe you know, I, I would I would hardly ever refer to Ray Lewis as the aggrieved party in in a in, a, in those kinds of situations. So I don't have yes. a lot of sympathy uh, for fifty two in in the purple jersey. Um, but you know, what whatever, um, just guys out having fun, you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. back to the. The changes. I, I also, you know, maybe some more Desmond King in the slot. Um, you know, some of these guys who uh, the, the Steelers have been bringing along in a way, I won't say overly slowly, but let's say cautiously allowing them to, to develop and to, you know, get comfortable with the system and with their teammates within the system. You know, I think now that it's time to, to start getting them on the field and seeing what they can do. Um, and another thing that I would try and look for or is more Darnell Washington, mm. uh, not on the field so much as, you know, as a receiver, uh, red zone kind of uh, presence, because, I mean, we were seeing that way too often all over the summer to think that that is suddenly, you know, the guy uh, has lost his ability to make those kinds of plays. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you want to see from the offense and a, a lot of things you'd like to see more of. But as, you know, we all understand or should understand, uh, in order to see a lot of that stuff, you need to have more snaps. So fewer three and outs, that would be nice too. Uh, I think that that would allow, yeah. uh, you know, you'd see the offense get into some more things. Right. You know, maybe they could run a little more up-tempo or, you know, hurry up. Maybe they could, you know, get the ball to Darnell Washington more. Maybe you know, there's a lot of these kinds of things that um, we would like to see more of. But until you know, there are more first downs and more possession, uh, early, especially early in games, you just don't get to it because you don't have the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and this was something we talked about earlier in the first hour labs, just talking about how you have to retool and you have to kind of, you know add, subtract, divide, multiply, you know, um, what you're doing. And you get the opportunity to do that in a week without the quote-unquote um, test happening at the end of the week, on, uh, you know, on a Sunday. Uh, but, you know, as I look at it, um, you know, like some of the additions that we had um, due to injuries, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts about, you know, how – how, how, how traditionally, like, you know, there's always injuries in the season and there's always opportunities. But what have you seen from the from the guys that have been missing to the guys that have kind of come in and played? Uh, you know, you're thinking about, you know, Loudermilk, Leal, and all those guys kind of filling in for Cam with Cam being injured. You look at, um, you know, Nate Herbert coming in for James Daniels, Broderick Jones in for Dan Moore. And I mean, it's just, it's like, it's a compounding of all these different things. I mean, 
is this a normal attrition rate we've seen, like for the the injuries we've seen so far, or is this something that kind of is an aberration to have this many starters kind of missing, you know, time at, all at once? Well, I think the fortunate thing, and no, I, I you know, it's it's um, it's part of it's part of it. You know, even the the Super Bowl seasons, there were injuries. Marvell Smith, Super Bowl Forty, I remember uh, leading up to that. Um, Towards the end of that season, he had some injury issues. I believe he also maybe have had may, maybe was one of the ones who had injuries uh, down the stretch in 2008. Uh, I I can't really remember for sure, um, but can, yeah, you're going to have those kinds of situations. On that, I can concur. Okay, because I replaced Marvell in the Super Bowl 43. <laughs> okay, um, so I know that one. <laughs> well, okay, um, but you know. The, the, the fortunate thing is that not a lot, and when I say injured reserve, I'm not talking about, you know, four-week injured reserve. I'm talking about, you know, when you're gone for the year because the, the four-week injured reserve wasn't something that uh, existed throughout, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's tenure, as an example. So, um, but the, the one thing, the one guy that I think is important to get back is Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because, you know, I don't know a whole lot about, um, scheming and X's and O's and that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I have been able to watch is, and, and, and I remember this back to the Antonio Brown days, you know, when, when teams deploy multiple receivers, a lot of times they will put, you know, a bunch on one side of the formation and a single guy on the other side of the formation. Right. Now, that single guy on the other side of the formation needs to be able to get himself open with his own route running because, you know, the schemes, when you're going to scheme someone open or use concepts to get someone open, that usually happens on the side where there are multiple receivers, okay? Antonio Brown got himself open. And a lot of times, the other thing that's good about that is that guy who's by himself, there's not a lot of tricky defenses that can be played over there on that guy, you know, because you have the 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 uh, strength in numbers for the offense on the other side, mm-hmm. so you got to look at be, be concentrating on that. Deontay Johnson is the only guy on the Steelers roster right now as a receiver who can consistently get himself open with route running. Now George Pickens is often open even when he's covered because of his size and his athletic ability. But I'm talking about separation, Um, you know, breaking ankles of a defensive back and getting yourself open. And I think that the the reinsertion of Deontay Johnson back into the offense, that's going to give Kenny Pickett that other side of the formation guy that he can count on. Uh, I think that that, uh, it'll open up some things, certainly. But I also believe it will be an increased comfort level for a young quarterback. That you know, okay, you know, when, when I, if something doesn't open up immediately on the bunch side with whatever pattern it is, okay, I can look over to the other side and my guy's probably going to be doing a decent job on whoever that defensive back is over there. And so, um, you know, and then the other thing I think that will happen is it may force defenses into doing some things that um, they're, uh, not that, that they don't have to do now mm. because of having that guy over there. 
And so that, that to me is the one that I'm really looking forward to getting back. Like you, Max, you mentioned a lot of the offensive lineman things, Nick Herbig and, you know, those, I, I, I ask you guys that stuff seriously, and I'm not being facetious. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at necessarily um, enough to make comments about what's going on in the interior of the offensive line. I, I just don't know. So I'll let you guys handle that. But mm. the, the one that is really um, important to me besides the Joey Porter Jr., as I've, I've already uh, tried to explain, is the Deontay Johnson. Because I think that's really going to help the offense in some ways that uh, are, are, can show up in a, diff, in, in a couple of different areas. I think it's going to help the quarterback. Um, maybe that helps some of the third down conversions early in games, which you know facilitates more possession time and get to more concepts and you can do more things um, that as well. So yeah, that's I'm I'm hopeful that uh, maybe uh, on the plane ride out to L.A., uh, Deontay Johnson is on it because um, you know he's going to be able to play. You know that is outstanding, Labs. I didn't even didn't even cross my yeah. gourd. Man, good yeah. job. Say, say, same here. And that's why we bring Labs on the show. That right Whoa. there. Whoa, that okay. has earned the ticket to ride for next week. I mean, not that he needed a ticket anyways. He has a lifetime pass. Well, wait, but, hold on now. No. Labs, Labs is out next Tuesday, correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Labs Are you all yes. right next Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Well, Gosh, yeah, I, I gave you that little nugget. And that's, now I'm taking next week off. That, right. Now you're on IR. <laughs> Look at that. Now, now, now Labs is on IR. Okay. Thank you, Labs. There it is. Oh, that's <laughs> I was telling you. Yeah. A, a contusion of the birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Veterans Day go. off. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Labs gets a vet day. All right. So we'll be good. But, no, Labs, honestly, thank you so thank much you for so joining much, the man. show. We appreciate it as always. And you can, you can hear Labs, too, most Tuesdays here inside the locker room, since he won't be here next week. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Just, just, wait, and, wait. And also, one thing before, one yeah. thing before okay, we go. One thing before okay. we go. I, I got something to read for you guys. Uh -oh. um, I found it. No, no. I'm going to read to you guys. I mean, oh, okay. And I found okay. it yesterday, uh, Monday, on the Internet. Okay? Listen, here we go. Somebody wrote this. There aren't enough fingers and toes to point out the problems. Coaches keep making bad decisions. Receivers can't catch or stay healthy. The quarterback melts down under pressure. Offensive linemen can't pass block. The defense can't come up with key third down stops in crunch time. That was written uh, by Mike Preston. It appeared in the Baltimore Sun after the game, or Monday about the Ravens. Does that sound like Something that you might have read, gee, I don't know, <laughs> on the internet about the Steelers. And my point is that sky is definitely not falling everywhere. Let, let me say it this way. The sky is not sunny and clear over every NFL city. <laughs> it's I just not. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as you said, it was like, oh, my gosh insert NFL team name here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. which, which, which team is being described? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. No, and that, that just goes to show you just the amount of, of 
criticism from a week to week basis that uh, that has to be endured because you could have applied that to us right after the Houston game. You could apply it to us right after the San Francisco game. Would have fit. Heck, you could have thrown it on the Miami Dolphins after the Buffalo game. I mean, you could pick and choose wherever. That that's just a standalone template for my disdain after a loss. <laughs> that, that's what it should be. That's what it should be by anonymous NFL fan. There you go. <laughs> oh my it's gosh, that parody. was that was awesome. Parody, yeah, yes. it is. And that's what yep. the and that's what professional sports brings you. So, well, Lav, with that, I mean, your 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 your, your loquaciousness was. Was much needed in that last and that wow, last now exclamation. Now we're getting some big words. Uh, you know, hey, listen, the guy, the guy is the editor of Steelers Digest. Right. He knows he knows his words and his vernacular. So <laughs> I figure I'd throw that out there for him as well. But no laughs. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will be back in a minute. You're inside the locker room here on ESPN and SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah, here we go. Bringing it home. We got a couple more things to do here, and I think we got some more questions, Wes, if uh, Because, again, the, the phones are down, you know, so we're just doing a little... Uh, Tweeting? Yeah, Twitterified stuff. Twatting? Yeah, whatever you call that thing. Di- digit digitized interaction. Oh, digitized. Ooh. Now we're talking. See, Max, he's always there. We he's go. hip. Yeah. He's hip with it. That Max Starks. I tell you. Uh, what's that voice yeah. you make there, Wesley? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we're gonna digitize this thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Wallace uh, the Barbarian. Now this ooh, is a this, like this is a good one. You know, he wants to know if you guys, you know, besides certain things that you have to do for your game day jobs, do you have any specific pre-game rituals that you guys do now? You know, still on the other side of things now that you're broadcasting. Hmm. Do you do anything now? I know what it is for Wolf. It's drink 37 cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> oh man, there yeah. was nothing like yakking up coffee on the field. Let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Timmons got into that too. There were a few times that I was standing on the sidelines, and all of a sudden you hear this, and then you know it's Lawrence Timmons. Yeah. The one year I will never forget when Tunchilkin played center, and we played the Browns, and the, there was a three-four nose tackle, Ron Simmons playing across from him, and um, Tunch had a uh, nervous stomach, and he at the snap Ooh. of the ball, he let loose with a fire hose quality. Ooh sprayer right in the face of Ron Simmons. It's it was, a good thing we're having this conversation before the lunch bell goes all, off. All I can say is it was yes. it was the best double team in the history of the NFL at that point. <laughs> good well, point. I mean, it, yeah, and, and so during the break, full disclosure, I was listening to a Jurassic Park with, the, with theme music. With <laughs> trap the, the beat trap Jurassic beat. Park. Yeah, exactly. It just reminded me of the Gallimimus that spit in the face of uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, the, guy from, uh, the guy from Seinfeld. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, and that, that's what, what you're talking about. I just feel like that's what Tunch did right before the staff. Blue 80, blue. Oh! <laughs> Said, hut. Ah, we got him. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, it wasn't just a little either. It was a lot. Matter of fact, after we double teamed the dude back and slammed him to the ground with um, a little jellification there and about the face, um, the dude had a piece of sausage that Tunchin had for, for pregame meal stuck oh, in his face. I'm, I'm just oh, telling you. I'm just God. telling you. Well, yes. Not that this is going to stop me from eating, but it might stop other people with sensitive stomachs from, hey, from enjoying their lunch we're in the locker break. room talking real football, exactly. okay? It's real exactly. football. Do not try the soup in the next 30 minutes. That's all Life in say. the trenches yeah. can get a little bumpy, Ma- all right? Max, it, it gets a bit hairy. Max, you broadcast about... 12 and a half games every single week. <laughs> you got any you got any pre you got any pre broadcast rituals nowadays? You know what? You know, I mean Beat I'm, I'm pretty easy. Yeah, I do well when available. Yeah. When available. Uh, but but no, I, I think one of my things, you know, I it's funny. So I've had this same game day mix on my phone um since 2004 and then i remixed it in 2007 and it's still what i listen to on my way to the stadium Mm. for any game i still listen to the same soundtrack of songs now you can call me an old fuddy-duddy or whatever you want to call me there's like you haven't changed this in 2007 because it's still good it's timeless music (laughs) that's why but you know i i have to hear like certain songs before i step in the stadium so, and that's how I've always been in my entire career because as an active player, I had an entire routine and the music crescendoed at each moment mm-hmm. I needed it to as, as I built up for the game. So mm-hmm. this is a custom. So I still listen to the pre-stadium songs as I get to say, I obviously don't listen to the ones that I, I would listen to in the locker room to get ready for a game because I'm not going to hit anybody, so I don't need to have a <laughs> mental space of that. I have to have clarity in words, but uh, but I, I still listen to that. So I, you'll still see me pop in the earbuds, and if I'm riding the car, or riding on the bus, or anything, I'll st- I'll still listen to to my same tracks on the way there. So yes, I still have that part of my routine, Wallace. Yeah, you probably don't want to listen to Mellow Yellow by Donovan. <laughs> you know, as Ray Penny did. He had it on. Back in the day, there, there was Walkmans. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, certainly yeah. one of the things, I, I will always tell you this, the time when everything came together, because we always used to go in and get your ankles taped first, then you start padding up. Uh, well, before even you pad up, you get your ankles taped first, then you go tape your two-way tape on your shoulder pads to put your jerseys on, which now – these these lazy bums they got the equipment managers do them for the the players now but we back in the day we had to do it ourselves sure as you walked uphill both ways oh absolutely you know (laughs) then in uh, the snow in a blizzard during training camp coming down (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) during training camp but it was also so hot we didn't have the air conditioning in the dorms yes Yes, that's exactly how saint vincent was back in the day it was so extreme the nuns (laughs) overcooking the food the hockey puck cheeseburgers baby (laughs) so that's right so then after you got everything you're all padded up then to where it all comes together i used to back in the day you know a little uh Copenhagen uh so you have a hunk of that in there and you got your hands you're taping your hands up because you want your hands you want to be able to punch a wall and not worry not not even feel it you know what I mean I, so you're taping your hands up and it's just coming together the whole thing and 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 all the nastiness is coming together in one fell swoop and then all of a sudden you're locked in and you are ready to go and there is nothing 
like walking out of the Three Rivers locker room. You make a right, go down the hallway, then you make that left, and then you spill out into the stadium, and there is 60,000 Three Rivers maniacs out there. And let me tell you something. When you go out there with Joe Green and Jack Lambert and Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan Johnson, oh, Franco, all these guys, I tell you. You feel that, invisible, baby. That was Invincible, oh, baby. Absolutely. You know, I mean, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. That's the way it was, brother. And that's the fact, Jack. Jack. <laughs> the fact, Jack. There we go. All right, we got we got to go yeah. to break here, Max, because I got to give you a little bit of time so you can ring the bell. Coming up in the next segment, stay with us. We got more coming up in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All righty, it's bell lap time here inside the locker room. That's right, last segment of the day and we still have tweets, so... You know, Wesley, drop the Euler bomb on us. All right, two more hits. <laughs> two more. Well, hold on. If we're gonna oh, wait a second, if we're gonna, I mean, if we're gonna drop the Euler bomb. Pitch to Johnny. You can't pitch That's to right. Johnny. I'm Johnny. We will do that, Johnny. You, you will pitch. <laughs> you should have corrected Kinger yesterday when he said that my stage name was Wesley. You should have said actually it's yeah, Johnny. Exactly. Okay. Johnny, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's ju- it's just Johnny and Johnny. Jo- you know, and Johnny's going to take the ball and he's going to run with it. But think about this: Do you correct the king? You yeah, know, what I mean, that's can't. the problem. When the king is yeah. in the house, well, the king's the- in the house, baby. <laughs> yeah. you know, that is true. That is true. Max, All right. what, what we got, Wes? CC Ryder wants to know, you know, if everybody, knock on wood, gets healthy on the offensive line, uh, what happens? Does Dan Moore start fighting with Chooks at right tackle? Do you leave Broderick Jones in there? Could we potentially see some James Daniels at center? What do you guys think? Ooh. You know, this this is interesting. It does present some possibilities. Uh, the problem with going with the James Daniels, you haven't seen James Daniels snap a ball basically yet, you know, other than maybe an occasional after-practice sort of thing. Um, the, the big question is with Broderick Jones and Dan Moore. Dan Moore is a fine <laughs> – he's been doing a fine job all along. Now, here's the thing. Broderick is the guy that they wanted. They brought him in, and so you're going to let this play out and see how Broderick increases. The, be- the, the best way to do this, in my mind, Max – he started this game. You get the next start. If it's uh, if things go south, okay, you got to rethink. But if things keep progressing and going north, um, then that's you take the next step. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, I mean he he's in there, and you know I I've never been a fan of a guy losing his job due to injury, right? Um, in season, especially if it's not like an IR type of thing. But at the same time, it, stranger things have happened, and. You know, if Broderick can show growth, because he still has some areas that he needs to grow right. a little bit. I mean, you know, and, and these are these are pain points that you're going to learn on the job. But it just matters the length of the injury for Dan Moore. I mean, if we're talking about this is somewhere he's ready, you know, next week for the Rams, 
I think is a spot duty thing. But if you miss the Rams and you miss the Jaguars, and now Broderick has like three starts under his belt, four games total, really, um, counting, you know, coming in mid to end of the first quarter of the Texans game, then you're not going to mess with a hot hand. You know, you know, just like you never leave a heater, you know, you never mess with a hot hand. So I think that would be one. The more interesting one would be when James Daniels comes back, do you move Nate Herbig hmm. inside to the center position? I think could that be a slide and, 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 and replace type of deal? That's the one that's going to be more interesting to me. You never know. I mean, again, it's about taking the next step. And I'm interested to see with Broderick because I already know Danny's a good quality tackle. He's a good tackle. He's got, you know, again, his upside is still in front of him. You know, he, yeah, and, and, and it's just they've made that decision. So having made that decision, you go with it, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, last one. We got about 90 seconds here. Jeffrey wants to know, you know, felt like a potential uh, momentum shift, positive shift for the Steelers in their season beating the Ravens on Sunday. Do you guys remember a time like that for you when you were playing where one game felt like it really shifted your season in a positive direction? Hmm. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah, I got that, one. Okay, you go ahead and finish it up because right now I'm a little stumpified. You know, my, my, my career is, is further away from me than your career. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that is true. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go with Chicago Bears 2005 inside of Heinz Field. Mm, that was a good coming one. Off, com, com, coming off of a losing streak. Is that right? the Bussy Erlacher game? That is the Bussy Erlacher game. That that was actually my first snow game too. Wow! Because we, the whole previous year in 04, we didn't have any snow. Remember that wolf? Like none of mm-hmm. our games had snow. It was cold. That AFC Championship game was cold as all get out. But it it was too cold to snow, and that was my first game. We I gotta have it win to stay in the race for the playoffs. We just we just lost at Indy and Baltimore. Um, and we came back home, and we had to beat this vaunted Chicago Bears defense, um, and we had we had to win the game. And I just remember that game, the physicality and the vintage Jerome Bettis that came <laughs> out of that stadium, the dancing bear on the sidelines, and then putting the helmet right in your chest. Uh, well, you think you 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 could you could knock him out of bounds, and then of course that goal line run where he absolutely, you know trucked reversed back over steamrolled and then and then dump trucked him on the ground i mean he he used all construction vehicles on that one play um and i just remember that counterplay to the right because i was on because my i was on a down block kendall was on a down block and red and red was pulling around the corner on counter 32-0 and it was just i remember looking up and just watching brian ackler go flying backwards and then to the (laughs) ground as Bussy went right over him, uh, that was a moment that changed our career. And, you know, the rest after that is history. We go on the win streak, we take the sixth seed, and we take we take it as a traveling road show all the way to Detroit. First stop, Cincy. Second stop, Indy. Third stop, Denver. All right. Then, yeah, and then and then boom. That's went to D- Wesley just had, to Detroit, a, had one of those yip moments. You know what I mean. But yeah, he did. the other you thing you I remember bring up that Denver game without a actually yeah. I guess that was post indie right but still but remember yeah. this one one of the things I remember most about that game was the hit Brett Kiesel made on the kickoff team do you remember Ooh, that yes to back start- when Brett 
back when Brett and James Harrison were on the same core four specialties because they weren't starters. It was unbelievable (laughs) watching the diesel come down the field and absolutely destroy a guy who tried to block him. I'm I'm telling you, the beard was in full force on that hit. It was climactic. (laughs) That's where the legend began. That's exactly so. (laughs) Exactly so. All right. All right. Was that was it? Was that all of our questions? Was that all? that's all? Did we get through all of okay, them? Okay, real quick, everybody. Um, I'm going to be yes. gone for the rest of the week. Um, as you know, I got a personal situation with my younger brother. So I uh, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Um, I miss y'all. Yes, Wolf, and our thoughts and prayers will be with you and the entire Wolfly family. Um, at this time, we love you. Safe travels. Enjoy, try and enjoy the be, the rest of this bye week, um, you know, with the ones that you love. So with that, there's nothing else to say. We'll be back tomorrow. Same black and gold channel, same black and gold time here inside the locker room. Look, I tried out, I tried out a new catchphrase and it, you know, it kind of, kind of stuck there, but um, be good to everyone and make sure you reach out and tell somebody that, that you love, that you love them. All right. Make it a great day. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.